You want to know the number one question people ask me about this show? How do you find the exceptional women you profile? Well, the answer is simple. They are not hard to find. These women are everywhere. They are your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your coworker. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. In the spotlight, a young woman who is loaded with talent. She's a singer, a songwriter, a violinist, and wait for it, she's a former New England Patriots cheerleader who experienced what it's like to sing our national anthem to a sellout crowd of 65,000 fans at Gillette Stadium with the Jets flying by. She's also been able to cheer at a Super Bowl. But life has not been sunshine in Super Bowls for this week's guest. She is a childhood cancer survivor diagnosed with a rare form of cancer behind her eye at only 13. She was granted a wish through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And now she's cancer-free, and she shares her story and her passion for music whenever she can. And she's very busy with her next big chapter. Her name is Morgan Dysick, and this is her story. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Candy. Oh, you have the most beautiful smile. Give us a little health update. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I have been cancer-free for a long time now. I did have after effects from my radiation, but I am past all that. I still get my vision checked quite often just to make sure, but I'm doing great. I'm so happy to hear that because I'm guessing that when you go through something as serious as you did as a child, it stays with you for a long time. And maybe... There are times when you worry a little bit about it. Tell us what kind of a diagnosis you had in the first place. My situation was very unique. When I was 13, I found out that I had a tumor behind my eye, and they didn't know what to do with it. I had a surgery, and then they thought that I was going to have to have chemo, and I was literally on the bed about to get the port put in me to start chemo, and the doctor ran in, and they were like, wait, we don't know if it's this type of cancer. So then it didn't end up being that type of cancer. And then I had another surgery, and they thought that it was gone, and it wasn't. It grew back bigger. So I had two more surgeries, which it still didn't work. And then I had 40 rounds of radiation treatment, and that finally worked. So what was the actual diagnosis? What kind of cancer did you have? It's super rare. They've never seen it behind an eye, but it's called myopithelial. What was your reaction when you were told that something that serious was wrong with you? I was shocked. I was only 13. I didn't think, you know, something like that would happen to me. It was earth-shattering. What about your parents? When you look back on it now, I bet you see it through different eyes. I can't imagine what they went through. It affected them as much or maybe more, I don't know, as it affected me. And I just can't imagine what it was like for them. I wonder how they stayed strong. Have you ever had that conversation with them? You know, we talk about all the time, just like the whole experience, how crazy it was. And I think definitely having faith and just staying together as a family and leaning on each other is what 
kept us all strong through it. Well, you said the word faith, and that comes up in so many interviews with women. And I'm wondering, what role did your faith play in giving you some strength at that time? It played a huge role. It was what got me through it. I always trusted in God that whatever was meant to happen would happen and, you know, that he'd get, give me the strength to get through what I was going through. Four years later, after your diagnosis, you were granted a wish through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. What a wonderful, wonderful organization. They grant wishes to seriously ill and very often terminally ill children at no cost. They just make the wish happen. Tell us what your wish was and how they made it come true. So my wish was to travel to Nashville and write and record an original song with a professional songwriter. So I met with a songwriter. Her name was Laurie White, and she had a studio at her house. It was really awesome. And she just sat with me, and we wrote this amazing song together. Did you have any ideas when you came to what they call the co-write? Not a whole lot. I mean, I knew what I wanted the song to be about. I wanted it to be about my journey with my illness, but I had never written a song before, and I was just so excited to see the process and work with a professional. You know, there's a magic that happens in a co-write, especially if the person that you're writing with is helping you bring your idea to life. The song is called Every Step of the Way. And I have another podcast called Country Music Success Stories, and it brings me to Nashville every six weeks to interview icons in the industry. And Morgan, I have to tell you, I've learned so much about the art of the co-write, and I've learned so much about the music industry. Tell us what it was like for you to be in Nashville and to be in that environment. It was amazing. I spent most of my time at her house writing But it it was a dream. I mean, Nashville is, it's Nashville. It's amazing. Did you record the song in Nashville as well? Yes, I recorded it at her house. She had a studio there. So did she produce it as well? Yeah, we did. She did everything. She brought in musicians for me and... She did it all. It was incredible. Wow. Well, a big shout out goes to Laurie White. And the song is called Every Step of the Way. Let's take a little listen to it. Suddenly, randomly, tragedy knocks you breathless. Time stops and the world stands still. I've only got a fighting chance. I can die or I can dance But if I get to make the choice You know I will Let those wild horses throw me Forcing me to fight 
from me Let the sky rain on my parade Let the night grow long Bring it on, bring it on It's making me stronger In the song, you not only sing, but you also play the violin. When did you start playing the violin? So I started playing the violin when I was five. It's not an easy instrument to play. No. There were many times I wanted to quit, but for some reason I stuck with it and I kept playing. And now I'm so glad I didn't quit. In the video, which is so powerful, and you can check it out on YouTube anytime, you've got some pretty good moves there, including like these big leaps in a field. (laughs) And I said, aha, that's how she became a cheerleader. And you're smiling as wide as possible. So let's get into that next chapter in your life. Talk to me about the cheerleading experience for the New England Patriots. I don't even know where to start. It was so incredible. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I cheered for four years. I recently just retired. But I had so many incredible experiences from singing the national anthem and having my song played at the Crucial Catch game to going to the Super Bowl to calendar trips for our photo shoots and just being with all the girls and Talk about feeling rejuvenated and feeling like you've landed in a place that you probably never could have imagined when you were 13, hearing the words, you have this scary form of cancer behind your eye. It was so incredible to be where I was after going through something like that. Well, let's talk a little more about the experience of becoming a New England Patriots (laughs) cheerleader, six-time Super Bowl champions, right? How do you audition? And tell me about that experience. So that's an experience in itself. It's a very long process. It goes on for like two months. There's many, many rounds of auditions. You start out, you do the prelim audition, and then you make it to the final audition, which is like kind of like a pageant style audition. And then if you get through that, you go to boot camp and you do boot camp for two weeks. And then they finally announce the team. When you make it onto the team, does everyone cheer at every game? Everybody cheers at every game. And then some of us, we go up into the suites and we meet fans because that's like a huge part of being a cheerleader is interacting. It's like you're an ambassador for the Patriots, Exactly, yeah. Tell me what it's like to be at a Super Bowl. That was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It was very exhausting, but it was so much fun and I also got a Super Bowl necklace, which looks like uh, the ring that the players get, but it's it's a necklace. So that was really exciting. Do you wear that in public and people stop you and go, oh, my God, what is that? 
Uh, I only wear it on special occasions because it's huge and I want to keep it safe. You got it. <laughs> Which Super Bowl was it? Super Bowl 53. And who were the players? We played against the Rams in Atlanta. Excellent. Yeah. Did your family get to come? No, unfortunately. Just you. Just me. They, but... but they could watch you on television. Yes. <laughs> you grew up in a little town called Northbridge, Massachusetts. What was life like in your house? I grew up on a mini farm. My mom is super into horses, Morgan horses, actually. And I think it's funny that... You know, my name is Morgan. I don't think that's exactly why your name is Morgan. I think right? so, too. <laughs> I grew up riding horses. It was an amazing place to grow up. So were you somebody who was out there with the chickens all the time? Yeah, I do enjoy being out in the barn and taking care of the horses and cleaning up after them. It's fun. A girl can learn an awful lot about life growing up on a farm. What was the message? It's a lot of hard work, but it's rewarding. Role models shape and mold us. They give us a moral compass. And I was wondering who your role model was when you were growing up. Definitely would be my mom. She did so much for me. She sacrificed so much for me. And especially when I got sick, watching how she handled it and like what she did for me and fighting for me through all that time, it was unbelievable. And I'm so grateful for her. You attended Berkeley College of Music, and you majored in vocal performance. So let's talk a little bit about your love of singing and maybe some highlights of attending one of the very best music schools in the country, if not the world. Berkeley was amazing. At first, it was a little overwhelming for me, to be honest, just having every class be music, music, music. But I got used to it, and I loved it. It was incredible. It was tough. There was a time when I was dealing with after effects from my radiation, so it was really all I had to go to class and deal with that, but I got through that, and I am so grateful I got to attend Berkeley. It was amazing. I'm going to guess that once you are a Berkeley-trained vocalist, when you are being told, okay, you can sing the national anthem at Gillette Stadium. Your voice is trained and you say to yourself, I can do this. Am I right? Yeah. I felt confident singing the national anthem, but I still get pretty nervous, especially my big thing when I sing the national anthem is that I get nervous that I'm going to forget the words, which obviously I know them like in my sleep, but there's just this fear that I have that that's going to be the time that I blank out. <laughs> and you want to also make sure that you do it in time because the jets are flying over, yeah. right? Yes. They'll get fined if your things are too long. And so you have to do it like perfectly in time. And, you know, it's tough with the echo. It's stressful. The same thing is true at Fenway Park. Big echo. I've yeah. sunk there one time, never at Gillette. But boy, I'll tell you, that one time at Fenway, I was like hearing myself coming around. Yeah. And you got to stay right on the mark. Oh, my goodness it is gracious. Tough. It is tough. You know, you've had an incredible experience in your life meeting, I'm sure, some very incredible people. And being around elite athletes like NFL players, like the legendary Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, and the list goes on and on. What did you learn from being part of an esteemed organization like that? Just about life skills and success. Yeah, it was amazing being around 
such a high caliber company and the the craft group and the Patriots, it's incredible. My cheerleading coach really had a big impact on me. She was with the Patriots for 30 years and she was so inspiring. She made us want to work hard and put our best foot forward to represent the Patriots the best we could and just always want to like work really, really hard. And she really inspired me in that way. I was just thinking about that work ethic and excellence. I mean, those just must be the hallmarks of being part of a group like the craft group. It's not easy to become a cheerleader. So she always reminded us, you know, you're lucky to be here. And and I always felt super grateful to be part of such a high caliber team. And it was amazing. What is next for you career-wise? What do you want to do? You're still so young. It's funny to hear you say I'm retired from cheerleading (laughs) when you're like a minute old in the first place. But what do you want to do? What's next? You know, right now I am trying to figure that out. After finishing cheerleading, I am still figuring out what my career path is going to be. I, of course, want to continue music. But, you know... We're still figuring it out. How did your cancer diagnosis affect the rest of your life? It's going to always be with me. It's going to always be with my family. Now I try to take the good from it. Um, I am still very close with everyone at the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I like to share my story and share my song. And I've performed at various galas and fundraisers for them, just sharing my story with everybody and, you know, turning my pain into my passion. That's what I think is most important and inspiring other people and showing them that there is hope and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And recently I just joined the Make-A-Wish Council where we are going to get more involved with past and present Make-A-Wish families and just give them a community to be a part of and do fun things together. And so I'm really excited to start getting involved with that. There's nothing like giving back, right, Morgan? It fills a hole in your heart for sure. Next couple questions we ask everybody who sits where you are. So you're in the hot seat just a little bit. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I get around it by doing things that I love which is music, dancing. Those are things that got me through my illness. I would have radiation in the morning, and then I would go home, take a nap, and then I would wake up and I would drag myself to dance class because I loved it so much, and it was an escape from what I was going through. So, you know, just doing things that you love and things that inspire you, they help keep you going. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And this can be personal or professional at any time in your life. Something that stuck with me that Laurie White told me was in music, the people that make it are the people that can't not do music. And that always just really stuck with me because it just is a reminder that when you're passionate about something, you just keep pushing forward and doing it even when it's tough. And I have to like remind myself that all the time. And so that was something that really stuck with me. My final question. And thank you, Morgan, 
for sharing your story with us today on the story behind her success. At this moment and in this chapter in your life, what does success mean to you? Right now, success just means being happy and being grateful and happy with myself and where I am. Even if I'm still figuring out where I'm going or what my career path is, I've done so much that I'm so proud of and I'm so grateful for everything I've done. And there are times when you're not going to have it all figured out and that's okay. And to me, success is just being happy where you are in the moment. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Morgan Dysick for sharing her incredible story with us today. I am always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone, can you please let me know about her? Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. When you get to the website, take a look around and give the show a follow on your favorite podcast platform. And please tell your friends and your family about this show. Leave a review if you'd be so kind, and I promise I will have a new, inspiring story for you next week. When we share our stories, no matter where we are in this great big world, we provide a roadmap towards success. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.